the past and the history and give up on the privacy quite happily, so it seems. After the break, I'll be reading this article from The Telegraph, which was into even more bizarre things coming up to do with losing privacy and the even more bizarre reasons they want to know certain things about you, including your sex life and the penalties if you don't comply and tell Big Brother what they want to know. That's the world we're living in. A world which is almost like Disney. I think the break's coming up. I think I hear some music coming up. And I'll be back with more after the following messages. Warned, 
exclude any stillborn, include any who only live for a short time. The survey features intimate questions on exact dates when relationships ended and the precise amount of money people take home. There will also be 35 questions on contraception, such as whether men have had vasectomies, the brands of pill women to use, and whether they have ever taken the morning after pill. Frank Furidi, a professor of sociology at Kent University, said, when researchers ask about sexual habits, there's a very strong tendency for people to clam up or to say what they think they want to hear. I would resent being asked these questions, and I don't think the government should be doing it. A spokesman for the Office of National Statistics said, the survey was the most efficient way of meeting the government's information needs. He said that all names and addresses would be deleted from the files once they arrived in the main office. Ha, hardy, har, har, har. That's how far they're going now into your private lives by law, supposedly. And you have to stand back and think outside the box to see why. Because, you see, you're just cattle. You're cattle. And the owners of the cattle just want all the data to do with the beasts that they own which are the human beings. That's what it's all about. Where cattle or chattel, it's all the same thing to the masters. And how much will the public take? Well, I think the public will take it in a bent-over position, as always, because they're taking all the other stuff that's coming their way with such quiet compliance that it's rather disgusting, the same at the airports, etc., where they take your shoes off you and your belt so you're left to hold your pants up. And do people know that that's what Adolf Hitler did to to his enemies when he put them on trial, took their shoes from them? Taking your shoes from people in even Muslim countries means you're now submitting to an authority. You take your shoes off when you go into a mosque or to some important person's house. You're actually going through a ritual of subservience. But when you're you have to hold up your pants at the same time you're being taught to accept humiliation. That's what that's all about. And the public, again, as I say, don't expect the public ever to stand up on mass and complain because they won't. It's up to certain individuals here and there because as much stink as they possibly can. And it's only with enough complaints coming in from people who are willing to stand up with their belt on and their pants up, uh, the people eventually listen to them. The masses follow those who get up first. They are followers. So that's what's happening there, and that, that little routine is they want to know what your sex life's all about. And do you really believe they'll keep it all quiet? Britain's already in trouble for losing discs sent out from one government department with the millions of names of people receiving welfare. Here's another article here, too. This is to do with the United States, which ties in with Canada. And it says here, U.S. to expand collection of crime suspects' DNA. From the Washington Post, 19th of April, 2008. The U.S. government will soon begin collecting DNA samples from all citizens arrested in connection with any federal crime and from many immigrants detained by federal authorities, adding genetic identifiers 
from more than 1 million individuals a year to the swiftly growing federal law enforcement DNA database. This is for arrest now, not for conviction. The policy will substantially expand the current practice of routinely collecting DNA samples from only those convicted of federal crimes and will build on a growing policy among states to collect DNA from many people who are arrested. 13 states do so now and turn their data over to the federal government. The initiative to be published as a proposed rule in the Federal Register in coming days reflects a congressional directive that DNA from arrestees be collected to help catch a range of domestic criminals, but it also requires for the first time the collection of DNA samples from people other than U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents who are detained by U.S. authorities. Although fingerprints have long been collected for virtually every arrestee, privacy advocates say the new policy expands the DNA database run by the FBI beyond its initial aim of storing information on the perpetrators of violent crimes. They also worry that people could be detained erroneously and swept into the database without cause, and that DNA samples from those who are never convicted of a crime because of acquittal or withdrawal of charges might nonetheless be permanently retained by the FBI. Innocent people don't belong in a so-called criminal database, said Tanya Simon-Selly, science advisor for the American Civil Liberties Union. We're crossing a line. She said if the samples are kept, they could one day be analyzed for sensitive information such as disease and ancestry. Ancestry, again, they want to know your, the eugenics in your family. Justice Department spokesman Eric Ablin said that the collection of DNA samples will provide an additional form of biometric identification from persons who would normally be fingerprinted. FBI rules preclude using DNA samples to determine a person's genetic traits diseases or disorders. Now, to jump to Canada on this, this is all nonsense, this stuff. You see, this was planned years ago. About 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago in Canada, the CBC on one of the standard news shows showed you a brand new facility in Montreal, a massive building. It cost millions of dollars, and it was for the police, the federal police, basically across Canada and they showed you inside the building and there's a conveyor light assembly uh, with all these robotic arms that could take test tubes maybe two dozen at a time put them in different places on the conveyor belt etc etc fully automated to do DNA testing and they told the public at the time they built this multi-million dollar facility because it was for the, the occasional criminal the, hard, the very hardened criminal uh, to put in their, their DNA in this, this database. This obviously has enough ability to do the whole of Canada, and that was the point of it. We were told utter lies when these guys go ahead and build these big monstrosities, but it was so obvious it's for the whole of Canada. And every other country has been doing the same thing for 10 years. They were doing this and preparing for all this long before the very necessary 9-11 incident happened. They needed 9-11, and they've gone hog-wild ever since. Nothing, as they say, happens by chance. Nothing happens by some spur-of-the-moment decision in politics and government. And you're finding now 
that these services, remember the police are supposedly a service, they've now become an authority. They, they, they make up their own laws and demand that the government pass them, and the government does so. Also around 10 years ago, the same companies that outfitted countries like Britain with all the thousands and thousands, maybe millions of cameras across the major cities held in Montreal for the American and Police Chiefs Association uh, a big expose to show their wares and all the cops went back demanding money to buy all these good toys with. Our servants have become the masters. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Well, 
and uh, the sky turns into this milky white color where you should have really blue sky and everyone's getting sick bronchial problems their minds become slow and uh, we're being affected by them for sure there's no doubt about it yeah oh even in the middle east huh wow yeah uh, oh yeah they're really laying it on over iran right now <laughs> i can imagine yep and um and i noticed like like yesterday there was one there was another there was another i mean uh I mean, this evening again, you look up in the sky, there are these trails, X shape, X, in X formations at times, sometimes. And these, they, they, after a while, you could almost mistake them for clouds because after a, a number of them disperse, yeah. and then, you know, there's three, four, five of them, they can almost look like clouds, but there's no doubt this is going on. It's going on, and even when they're not spraying directly overhead, you'll often see them coming in. Uh, with the prevailing winds, they'll spray out of the cities, outside of the cities to fool you. And, uh, they, and so a lot of folk in the cities don't know they're getting sprayed, but when you can detect them, you know what they look like when they've just been sprayed. You'll see them blowing over, and the sky becomes that milky color, that polymer, streaky uh, color, and the sun's hidden behind this strange haze. And you'll, you'll start feeling your, your, your sinuses get blocked, all kinds of uh, bronchial problems and they're using harp on top of it as well but regardless I'm sure it's killing a lot of people across the planet even if you're spraying talcum powder anything that shouldn't be in the air and, and it's got a constant irritant is going to have a detrimental effect on the people down below sure. yeah I mean it could be salt I mean if you're breathing yeah. in uh, particulates and things like that I mean it's it's well I mean I'm almost, it, it's, it, it, it's so frequent, I'm almost amazed. It's like, we're just doing this, we don't care. Well, they don't care, and there's nowhere to complain to because they have a global air force doing this. Uh, the planes that are doing it, there's no markings on them that you'll notice when you look through high-power telescopes. And uh, they must have built up a, a world air force to, to do this because it's happening worldwide every single day. And I read in the papers here recently some other big wig at the Scientific Boffin Association wants to start spraying sulfur particles into the atmosphere as well um, to supposedly stop uh, the, the global warming fiasco. And sulfur, if you start bringing in, breathing in sulfur particles, also the same guy wanted to bring in crushed glass, very fine powdered crushed uh, glass that would reflect sunlight back out. Well, hell, uh, that's as bad as breathing asbestos. Once that's in your lungs, you'll never get rid of it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, breathing in uh, fine glass particulates, <laughs> yep. it wouldn't be good for someone. But they don't care. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is their agenda, and even though the global warming is being found out as an utter scam, uh, they have another agenda at work, and this, this is bringing down the population. The amount of young people now with cancers and uh, they've never smoked in their lives. Lung cancers is skyrocketing. I'll be back with more after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, and we've got uh, Tim from Indiana on the line, are you there Tim? I'm here, hello? Yep. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry, um, yeah, just uh, getting all those chemtrails again a little bit, like, um, yeah, they they cut back and, and then like at night time they start spraying where I'm at, and I get up early and I can see like the X's right before everybody else does, so yeah. messed up. Anyway, uh, just getting, uh, I've been reading some of these books, you, you know, you kind of suggested through your blurbs. And um, just one quick question, and I got all your books, and I, I think they're great, and I think everybody should just get them, because, I mean, if you really want to understand things, you know, to get that mind working, go ahead and do it. But um, just a real simple thing that I really can't comprehend, like the word today, like, and tomorrow, like in like Orson or H.G. Wells' book, he, 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 he writes the word today, like you write it in your book. And I just, I'm just trying to understand, like, okay, what does that really mean? And I'll just take it off the air. In masonry, they go on about the, 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 the singularity. And, in fact, you read Albert Pike's descriptions of numbers because he was into the unity of one. But he also goes into... The duad, the duad is more important than the one. And yet the duad, to an extent, is part of their mystery religion, as they call it, male-female blended into one, the perfection uh, of coming together. Uh, but coming together in a more intimate uh, bodily sense, the hermaphroditic perfection, uh, that which is left imperfect, they claimed that in the ancient mystery religions that um, God, which was one, created an Adam, then an Eve, from the same being. Eve came from the same being, meaning technically the God itself was a hermaphrodite making Adam in this perfect same image. So Adam was the same perfect image containing female within him too. And the Hebrew, they don't say a rib was taken, they say a compartment was taken. We're talking about the womb uh, from him to create the separate Eve, and that was the fall. In other words, if it stayed two and one together in perfection, the same exact image of the God, uh, then we would have perpetual um, bliss type of thing. That's what they mean by that. Uh, so it's all to do with, with the meanings of numbers, and of course you have low-level meanings for the low masons, and most of them, that's all they know, if they even remember that much and much higher meanings for those uh, at, at the top. But that's really what it's, it boils down to, uh, the perfecting of that that was left imperfect, meaning bringing it back to its initial perfection. Okay. I, now I we've, got, uh, we've got Brenda from Tennessee on the line. Are you there, Brenda? Hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Good. I thought I might be off topic, but I, I, I can see that I'm not. Uh, my brother passed away uh, late yesterday afternoon, and I found out after he passed that he was a Scottish Rite. Huh. And I'm told that they would have a Scottish Knight. Now, I have two other brothers that are Masons. I don't know what degree because I don't, I don't really associate with them because their views and mine are so different, and I have a brother-in-law that is a Shriner. So I don't know what, what is a what is a Scottish Knight and what is a Scottish Rite. I know there's York Rite and the Scottish mm -hmm. Rite. Yeah. And I thought, if anybody knew, how about you? Well, yeah. Uh, again, Albert Pike uh, talks about all the different degrees and the Scottish knight. Um, at that level, he'll have what they call an arched funeral, 
Have mm-hmm. they talked about giving him a Masonic funeral? Well, since he just passed away uh, late yesterday, well, around quarter to six yesterday, I haven't really talked to his daughter very much. I just kind of got this through my daughter. That, uh-huh. uh, and, and it's like usually people are, if they pass away, like, you know, it's only three days, but with him it's going to be like they're not having this until, and there's no autopsy or anything. Yeah. They're having this. They're having a viewing for the family on Sunday, and then Sunday night is Scottish night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they will have a Masonic funeral or what they will have. My husband's uncle had one, and he said it was so strange. But yeah, uh, yeah what they do, they normally put uh, pike staffs as an arch over the grave uh, oh. in the form of the pyramid and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and they wear their aprons in a separate ceremony oh. uh, for themselves, for the brothers. They even do it in the military, and they can do it in the Canadian military when one of theirs gets killed and they bury them. You'll see them do the same kind of stuff with their aprons and so on. So no because one else that that's not an initiate or whatever is going to be allowed into the Scottish knight? Uh, generally not. That's At least that's how it used to be, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole thing is really strange to me. I oh, it's know. strange, all right, but you'd understand that this is the religion that runs the world. This is the religion behind all religions that runs the world. Yeah, that's why I don't have much to do with it, because I believe Scripture and I don't keep worldly holidays and, mm-hmm. and all that, because they're all pagan, and so I don't do that, and they think I'm weird. Yeah. I'm the strange one. I'm the ostracized one. I'm the black sheep, mm-hmm. except that I stay away from all of them because I know that they are very dangerous people. Yes. Especially, you know, up in this, you know, like my brother-in-law, the Shriner. Then mm-hmm. I don't really know what my other two brothers, they're in the Masonic Lodge, but I don't know what they are, and so I mm-hmm. stay away. Yes, and at that level, too, they will have uh, some power and influence within their own area. Yes, I know yeah. that because it's a small town. Yeah. And I know that there's things that have gone on, and I had to leave there because of, well, strange happenings, you know, mm-hmm. that was going on, even yeah. though that's where I was born and raised. But I left because of, well, I was told to keep my mouth shut or I was going to die, okay? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. one of those very outspoken people, and I stand up for things that are not right and unjust, yeah. and I was told not to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I didn't know, I did not know what, what to expect mm-hmm. so there will probably be like a scottish funeral i mean a masonic well again it's, a, it's actually a, a name of a, a particular masonic i'm just sect. getting into albert pike's uh, morals and dogmas so i don't know i don't know a lot i just knew it wasn't a place for me yes and, and of course it wasn't invented in scotland it, uh, it was uh, brought over to the u.s initially by a guy from france and they gave it the, te- the name, the Scottish Rite of Masonry. And when you leave the Blue Lodge that all Masons go into, you can either go the, the York yeah. Rite or you can take the Scottish Rite. Right. But in the States, there's often the Scottish Rite that they, they take, yeah. You'll find everybody in town who's anybody uh, is on the board, the, the school boards and the council boards, mayors, they're all part of the Scottish Rite. So probably if I just kind of hide somewhere and watch all these people go in, I'll know who is and who isn't. Yeah, you would. Hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting. It would. <laughs> yeah. All right. I appreciate the information. Well, thanks for calling. You have a good evening. Bye-bye. You too. Now we've got Will from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Will? How are you doing, Alan? I'm not bad. 
a few a few callers prompted a few thoughts. The, the previous caller from Tennessee, I, uh, whoever passed that, you always talk about a, a portico, uh, an outer portico of protection. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you would agree that her 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 uh, loved one deceased was probably just just that. Yeah, they'll be they'll probably be low enough members, but high enough to get perks in their own community. They always make yes. sure they get perks. That's one the thing community. the Masons let people know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard you uh, on a a show prior on someone's shows, and you said that you experienced possession. Uh, someone being possessed. He mentioned the the girl in Italy that was seen that seen. Uh, being possessed by demons, purportedly. In Italy, it wasn't Italy, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't Italy, but I've seen people what they would be called or described as possessed. Okay, I was wondering if you could go into that a little more and divulge as much as you you could, and also uh, the musicians with the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, I was waiting for, for more about that, but I didn't get to hear it. Mm-hmm. And um, also, we, this, would you agree they're ushering in a, a new age? You know, with the twenty twenty one fifty being uh, the, the age of Aquarius, and this mm-hmm. we're in the age of Jesus. There's no doubt on that. Uh, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry's journal, that their their monthly journal, back in the fifties and sixties, was called the New Age magazine. And okay. they claimed that they were spearheading uh, the world into this wonderful new Aquarian age. And, of course, they were. And they were bringing it out through different means and methods. And, so uh, basically they're going to kill, kill Christianity and, and bring on maybe, per se, would you say, an earth, worship the earth with the, with the, the guy with the picture of water? Well, all, all people, all religions were to eventually be eroded. All existing religions were to be eroded okay, yes. as, as they brought in the new structure, the new um, age philosophy, yeah, based on a form of earth worship and harmony, where we kept in harmony with the planet by keeping our numbers down. But, but behind masonry, as I say, if you go into it and you understand the rituals, which, which very the guys who participate actually do, it's to do with they, eugenics. It's to do with I eugenics. They and use this age to, to, like the age of Aquarius, they're going to they're going to wash the world clean, huh? Well, the whole, the symbol of Aquarius, remember, was uh, Aquarius was raped by the god uh, Zeus. It's actually a Greek story that took into Rome, and they called okay. Aquarius, and uh, he was raped because uh, the god had the right to rape male or female, mm-hmm. and I guess he enjoyed it so much he placed them up in the stars uh, for forever. <laughs> But he carries the pot of water, which is symbolic of the pool of life. And when that comes in, he is emptying out the pool of life, symbolic of the gene pool. Okay. For the creation of a new man to come. Wow. Yeah. Um, one, one more thing. Well, actually, two. One side note. If I was yes, to be very quick. There's more people here. Yeah. If I was to type in Alan Watt and then put music next to it, would I get any of yours? And there's a guy named Leo Zagami. He claims to be a mason. Have you heard of him, and, and, and do you... Uh, I don't know of him, no. Okay. Um, can we hear any... Is there any way anyone would be able to hear your music? Uh, maybe down the line. Maybe down the line, I'll see how it goes. Okay, now if we did a search... For? On what music, what, what, what will we get? 
Uh, you'd be hard pressed to use different names. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks for calling. I've got more from Oregon near you there, Mo. Uh, yes, uh, Alan Watt. How are you doing tonight? Not so bad, yeah. All right. I, since it's a topic of religion, I believe tonight, I would like to ask you, I mean, in the Christianity, there are 800 divisions, and this, uh, there are a couple of divisions that they worship a snake. Uh, as they call themselves a snake worshippers, and uh, still they believe in New Testament Bible. I mean, can you comment on that, please? Well, yeah, they have lots of... They, they took that from a part of, of the writings of Paul in the New Testament, where Paul says, you can, and you shall lift up serpents, and they shall not harm you. It's an allegory of something else, but of course these people a long time ago took it literally, as the, the masses always do. And uh, they don't understand the esoteric meaning behind things. And they do uh, use snakes in their particular worship. And they are rattlesnakes and so on. And a lot of them do get bitten by it. But in the world of, of, of exoteric religion, nothing ever surprises me. Because the masses uh, always turn things into a basic understanding. Very basic, very primitive. And that goes for all regular religions too. There are, there are preachers and ministers and priests who give stories every day or every Sunday to their congregation and they haven't a clue uh, what the esoteric story behind what they're telling the public is, which is just uh, almost fairy stories uh, for the masses. But there's, a, a, there's always an esoteric truth hidden within. Exactly, few. indeed. I agree with you 100%, and especially when the Pope visits the United States, when you look at his eyes, you find uh, something wrong with his eyes. Don't you think so? I, mean, I, haven't eyes, even, I haven't even seen it, you know. Yeah, usually eye is a, a door to the, your soul. And when you look at his eyes, you see that he's a part of the elite. He's the... He's the uh, he's also uh, belong to messianic uh, uh, elite uh, also I strongly believe on that because the, the, I mean he, he doesn't even smile I mean when he came out of the plane when they show him he doesn't smile and he, he I didn't even kiss the U.S. ground. Usually he kisses the other grounds of other countries. Mm -hmm. I mean, but what, what, I mean, and then he went to 911 area and uh, et cetera. I mean, it's all publicity, though. I mean, the... Well, Malachi Martin, Malachi Martin said years ago that the Catholic Church had been taken over by Freemasonry a long time ago. Right, right. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir, and you have a good night, sir. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Yeah, all major institutions are part of the, the whole New World Order, as it must be. The good shepherds that control flocks, vast flocks of people, have to all be on board with the one singular world agenda, and that's what we have. But as I say, there's so many... I mean, don't, don't throw religions all out the window thinking you don't understand them, it's all rubbish. There's a lot of ancient philosophy in there. There's a lot of hidden wisdom, too, tucked in. But there's always the basic rituals for the general public. That's why you have a mass for the masses. That's what they call it. It's for the masses. And 
even for the great uh, supposed fictional um, Moses going up the mountain, the symbol was that he was the only one allowed up a mountain because he was illumined. He had understanding, therefore he was closer to a deity, and he was allowed to go up the mountain. And it tells you right there that the rest of the public couldn't get up there. The, the lightning and thunder that stopped them from getting up there, and they turned back to making things which they did understand, the things of the world, which was money, gold, statues, and all the rest of it. That's where their faith was, meaning they were still creatures of the world. The elevated man goes about beyond that and can communicate with God. That's what the whole story is about. It's not a real story of a thing that happened. It's a symbol of the higher man and the base people. So, as I say, the, what's left is exoteric stories for the public, little moral stories on the rules of the culture and how to follow the rules. And that's all you're left with. But jumping back to what we're talking about with the OTO, how it's connected with masonry, they created a, a new branch, and that was the OTO, in the days of just before Alistair Crowley took it over. It was already in existence. It had been uh, officially cha given a charter to exist by the British higher-ups. And the idea was to create a society of masons that would run all arts. Uh, that, I mean, all of the arts, the writers, musicians, everything because to control the minds uh, and create this new culture for the youth. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt cutting through the Matrix. And we're almost up to the line tonight. I should mention before I go that remember that this show is brought to you by you. And if you like what you're hearing, and if you like the information that's been put out, and you like the interaction of the callers and so on, it's up to you to support me, which you can do by going to cuttingthroughthematrix.com, looking at the site, and either sending donations or buying some of the things I've got up there for sale things I've written myself or produced myself and that keeps me going because it takes cash to keep all of this going the costs are increasing all the time as the dollar shrinks in value we're all feeling the pinch I know that I see that the price of posting a book abroad is $30 minimum air meal now for one book and so it's expensive to keep this whole thing going and print them up and all the rest of it and plus the, the, this enormous postage they're now hitting us all with. It isn't so bad posting off to the USA right now, but uh, that's going to change too. As the price of diesel goes up, everything that's transported has to go up in unison. So tough times are ahead for everyone. And when I think there's no more backup or, or want for what I'm giving out here, I'll just go off the air if it's the right time and go out and often do other things. And there's no lack of other things to do, believe you me. If I had to live this life over again, I wouldn't choose to do this. I do this because it's a must. I have to do it. There's no other game in town in this world of ours. It's the, the only game that's going on. And uh, this game is for keeps. It's for everything that was, everything that is, and all that could be, all the children, etc. 
that could grow up in a completely different world. Remember what Lenin said when he was taught by the best bankers of the West. He said, mankind could go off in a thousand different kinds of social societies, but the public must not be allowed to know this. They must think that the one they're born into is the only one that could possibly have evolved. And it was rightfully there because it was simply was there. That's how simple it is. In reality, we're all in a new form of slavery, as Charles Gordon Darwin said in his book, The Next Million Years. He said, on behalf of the elite, mind you, he said, there has always existed slavery in one form or another, and we are simply creating a new, more sophisticated sophisticated type of slavery for the people. It's been introduced, and as you can see by the lack of feedback from the general public, as they've lost every right that ancestors and previous generations fought for, it makes you wonder, because all you have to do is spoil one generation, give them toys and lots of entertainment, bread and circuses, and they give it all up so readily, as though it had no value whatsoever. And that's a sad thing, a sad thing that previous generations scraped and fought and had strikes and everything else to try and gain some rights in this world fascist system in which we are born into, where handfuls of bankers for some reason are given the right to control the debt of the entire world, where whole countries are put up for sale basically to the debt buyers. And we call this civilization. Oh, I'm sorry, it ain't mine. And it shouldn't be yours either. I'll be back with more next week from Hamish myself on a rainy interior night. It's good night, and your God or your gods go with you.